Welcome back to another episode of Running Through Rivers with me, your host, Shannon Rivers. Today, we're talking about cultural appropriation. All right, let's get started. So it's been a few weeks um, since we've had an episode of Running Through Rivers uh, for lots of reasons, but I think it's really important for me to take time um, to uh, rest and recuperate, regenerate, um, and just really be present when I'm when I'm recording um, episodes of the podcast. So I'm sorry that we haven't had um, episodes in a in a couple of weeks, but I'm I'm aiming to to get some recording done this week and and have some more um, podcasts ready to go over the next you know five weeks or so. I'll probably take another break for a couple of weeks after then, and then uh, come back as well. I think it's really important that I am honest with myself and how much I have to do being a single parent and having a job and running a business and all of this stuff. Um, Sometimes these plates get dropped, but that's okay because this one is plastic. It's never going to break. So it's all good. And I think that if we can approach things that way, um, in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways in our lives, um, we might feel a little, I don't know, better about it. And I think that, um, you know, evaluating what self-care looks like for us in, um, in our daily lives is really important as well. And as I'm sure that you can hear, I'm still a little sick, been under the weather for a couple of weeks, but I think that it's important, um, that we recognize when our body is telling us to slow down and, and accept that, right? So, um, with, without further ado, we'll get started. Okay, so today we're talking about cultural appropriation, the difference between cultural appropriation and appreciation, and um, why are we talking about this now? Well, it's Halloween on Monday, Um, and it's so important that, because it comes up every year around this time in a a Facebook group that I manage with uh, a group of wonderful people uh, called Raising Anti-Racist Kids Through Open-Ended Play. And, uh, I think that every year when we get towards like, you know, October, late October, there are questions about whether my kid can dress up like this, my kid, can my kid dress up like this? Is this cultural appropriate, cultural appropriation? Um, you know, all of these kinds of questions come up. So I think that it's, um, an important, uh, conversation to open here on the podcast. Um, and I'll give some tips, uh, to Halloween dress, um, towards the end today as well. Um, you know, I feel like we, I, I, I sit at a particular intersection in society where I'm a parent, a single parent of two young black children, um, black women. And, you know, I, I know that there are other, other moms who watch 
or who listen to this uh, uh, podcast. And so I think it's important that I acknowledge that and also talk about that um, as kind of we've navigated some of the conversations as an admin in this Facebook group, how, how we've navigated the conversations around Halloween uh, what to do and what not to do, as well as kind of educating for um, any kind of business owners who listen to the podcast, anyone on LinkedIn who's who's following along and kind of hoping to get some um, information about these topics, right? Not everything is for everyone. Um, so I would completely understand if you didn't want to listen to this podcast about cultural appropriation today. Um, I hope you do because I think there are some nuggets um, in here that you'll find helpful. Okay. All right. So, um, so learning to understand a culture that's different than yours is important in becoming a mindful person and a leader in an organization, right? Um, developing skills that help us with cross-cultural competence is challenging, but for us, it's an important journey that we go on. Um, because it's important for us to be able to identify um, not not, our, not just our own pre- prejudices and biases uh, towards Black uh, and Asian and minoritized ethnic and maligned groups, um, but also ways for um, our community, home, um, workplace uh, to create equitable spaces for people who are underserved or marginalized or maligned in some way. Cultural appropriation um, and cultural appreciation are conversations that have continued and perpetuated throughout the course of kind of life. They're cyclical. They come up every every so often. Um, And I think it's important that we um, work to kind of address the trauma and microaggressions that Black, Asian, and minoritized ethnic people have to combat day to day. Um, And really, when we kind of explore the concepts, um, it helps us to uplift and support Black, Asian, and minoritized ethnic people, their cultures, and their people, their practices as well. Um, so we're going to distinguish um, the two. Uh, cultural appreciation is when someone seeks to understand and learn about another culture in an effort to broaden their perspective or to connect with others in a cross-culturally sensitive and competent way. Cultural appropriation, on the other hand, is taking or adopting or quote-unquote cherry-picking one aspect of a culture that's not your own and using it for your own personal interests. So it could be, those personal interests could be money. Um, You know, if you've ever been into a kind of souvenir shop and you've seen um, items of clothing that were maybe like an Indian sari that... um, you know, says made in China, (laughs) all right, Uh, and is sold by like, you know, just a tourist shop to make money. Um, It's really co-opting that kind of attire and making money from it, profiting off of it. Um, 
So simply the difference between appreciation and appropriation is that one requires permission. It's a cultural exchange. Um, It helps us kind of connect with the item that we've bought or the thing that we want to do or the... uh, the element of the culture and what it means and what that practice looks like for the culture that we're borrowing from. And the other is without that permission. So um, I'll run through a couple of examples so that you can kind of see the difference between appreciation. So purchasing a piece of jewelry or clothing that may have an important cultural significance to a culture, but simply using it as a fashion statement. So we've seen this happen multiple times, right? And this is appropriation, right? So Supporting an African artist by purchasing designs directly from them. This is appreciation. Capturing a photo of a ritual ceremony simply for the sake of getting uh, as many likes on social media as possible. That's appropriation. It's self-interest, right? Wearing a South Asian bindi when invited to do so at an Indian festival. Again, this is appreciation. Someone has um, offered you this cultural exchange, right? So, Really, what we're talking about here is taking part of another culture without understanding it is uh, it can be harmful, but not only to those whose culture you're using, but also to those with whom you share that. Because if you don't know the significance behind something, then how can you then share that with other people and make it meaningful for them? So, I'm really interested in our kind of um, self-reflection and that's how I practice. I practice in a reflective style and so I think it's really important for us to kind of go on a a self-reflective journey um, where we understand and identify appropriation and appreciation within our own community, right? And remember that if you're white, or a dominant culture um, in any kind of sense of the word, um, you might not fully relate to someone taking something that belongs to a marginalized or maligned group because the kind of history behind some of that um, uh, culture has been uh, co-opted removed, stripped, like if we talk about enslavement, for instance, and the transatlantic slave trade, how um, Black people that were removed from Africa were stripped of their whole cultural identities. And, you know, that that has a continued effect on how Black people view their culture and, you know, all of this as well and how the world views it as well, right? So um, it's really important that we, uh, we work to kind of self-reflect and then also um, tie it back to the wider system. So some ways that you can kind of do this self-reflection is to examine your own culture. So when we work through self-reflection and we evaluate ourselves, we're able to better understand differences and determine what's important in cultures across the world. We might realize that a specific aspect of our own cultural background is the foundation to our identity. And it would uh, maybe be offensive if you, uh, if offend, offensive to you, if someone 
elsewhere to use it without understanding fully what it means. Consider that people all over the world in cultures other than your own may feel exactly the same way. So the kind of reflective question here is to think about if you would be offended if someone were wore an important aspect of culture uh, without understanding what it truly means. So the next thing that we do is we really listen and be mindful. The greatest way for us to become knowledgeable and appreciate another culture is by listening to people inside the culture and being mindful of those who are part of the fabric of that culture or society. And so our task, if you like, is to listen to their stories, gain insight on the implications behind aspects of their culture especially if the things that you're interested in and utilize that kind of uh, conversation to broaden our worldview. So um, say that you recently uh, purchased a well-decorated scarf from a Native American artist. Um, Did you take time to discuss the artist who, who created that piece, to learn more about the background, what it means to them, uh, how that kind of uh, uh, fabric of their identity is put into the fabric of this scarf, like, you know, um, and if you didn't do that and you didn't explore that, uh, then did, are you appreciating it or are you appropriating it? Right. What are you hoping to get out of that? Right. For me, if I was buying something from a culture, um, from someone inside of a culture, right, I would want to know the significance and the symbolism within it so that I could wear that knowing full well that if someone asked me about the scarf I was wearing, I could tell them. I bought it from this uh, Native American uh, artisan and this is what it means. Right. Like that's really important to me and it should be important to everybody else as well, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, So then when we're going on this kind of self-reflective journey, like the next thing that we're going to do is we want to analyze the context. So what is what does it mean uh, to the culture that you're taking it from? When and where is it appropriate to use it? What are the various aspects of the culture and why are they so crucial? If you really have an interest in a person's cultural culture or heritage, um, more than likely they'll be elated to share the kind of specifics and the aspects that matter to them with you. So the thing to think about here is, did you take a piece of someone's culture to use for your own benefit without knowing the significance behind it? Did you ask about the organization, the origins of the custom items, um, symbols? And this is really important for us to understand that if we don't know the significance behind the thing, what is the purpose of doing the thing? What is it serving? Is it serving our own self-interest? So then after that, and we're on this journey of self-discovery and and self-reflection. So it's really important that we are also open to teaching and sharing our own culture. The most meaningful part of our cultural exchange and where um, it kind of um, separates itself from appropriation is that when we use the word exchange, that means that there is a mutual exchange of something. 
So we teach people and help others to understand who they are, um, how to gain insight and unique perspective um, about someone else or a group and create kind of cross-culturally relevant relationships, which creates a shared understanding of someone and their background and their culture. So how we develop and see our stories, right? If we go back to a couple episodes ago when we talked about storytelling, um, when we think about our stories and the very powerful parts of our stories that we can share with other people, what sorts of things come up in those stories that might be relevant to share in a conversation about cultural appreciation and appropriation and cultural exchange, right? What can we do to share our culture with other people to to create this kind of partnership and relationship between um, ourselves and people who are not like us, right? Um, and so the thing to think about here is, um, are we equally interested in sharing pieces of our own culture and heritage with someone else? So it's possible that this person is just e- just as eager to learn about our culture as we are to learn about theirs. And so that's a beautiful and warming component of cultural exchange and a really significant part of cultural appreciation. So I'm going to encourage you to be curious, right? Um, always ask wandering questions. Wandering curious curiosity is so great, right? Because you're able to really walk alongside someone and ask questions that where you get to open a conversation with someone and you get to learn about someone, how their thought process works, what's important to them. And I think that lots of things can be solved through conversation. And that's how I practice. I practice in uh, at SRCCIC, um, as someone who comes in and has conversations. I want to know what's important to you, why it matters to you, um, and how you've, how you've gone about things so far, how you've gotten to a place where you want to partner and collaborate with me at SRCCIC. And, um, I really want to know, your heart. I want to know what's going on in your mind. What are your core values? What are your beliefs? Why is this important to you? Right? And so I ask a lot of questions in a wanderingly curious way. So I ask in a way of, I really want to understand the people that I'm working with, the people that I come into contact with on a daily basis. I want to know why you're here. What why this is important to you, right? Everybody's why is different. And it goes back to that kind of storytelling piece. If we can really understand the kind of um, our motivations, feed that into our story and be able to then pitch that story to people in a few sentences, like people will really understand why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing. And this kind of, this conversational wandering curiosity really helps in a multitude of ways, right? Because it shows that you're um, invested in 
the process, in the person, in the practice, like whatever that looks like, right? Whether you're talking about cultural appropriation and appreciation, or you're talking about organizational leadership or inclusive leadership or systems thinking or change management, right? You have to understand why people are here. What is the motivation? What has created this moment in time for us to come into contact with each other and really have this deep dive conversation, right? Because for us to be able to um, to continue to kind of have these conversations, we have to do it properly with guidance and mindfulness. And um, then and only then can we be the change needed to uplift and amplify the voices of Black, Asian, and minoritized ethnic people who uh, whose language, food, and traditions are deeply rooted in who they are. And as promised, I said we would talk about Halloween. So here we are. <laughs> um, so, you know, when this time kind of rolls around every year in the group that I manage on Facebook, raising anti-racist kids through open-ended play, we often get questions like, which costume is right for my, chi- my child? Um, are they old enough to express what costume they want to wear? Is it a costume I can pur- purchase from the store? Do I need to make it? How long will it take to make? What materials do I have? And before you know it, this one day celebration has turned into a month long marathon. And this is part of kind of the joys of parenting and, and, and raising kids, right? So Um, It's really vital for us to take a minute and reflect on the costume that we or maybe our kids have selected. It could could it be construed as culturally appropriative uh, as traditionally marginalized communities have become more vocal and rightly so about their culture being taken from them without proper credit or acknowledgement. And so we've just talked about how important it is for us to understand in a cultural exchange what the meaning behind these things are, right? Um, it's really important for us to talk about this when it comes to Halloween costumes, right? Because this is the time of year that we're most likely to dress up in a costume that is representative of another culture. So common uh, cultural appropriative missteps might include darkening your face, wearing ethnic garb or dressing up to provoke laughter rather than show respect for a group of people. Um, and so, um, how do we, how do we, how do we kind of move around this conversation and dress appropriately on Halloween? So, um, broadly speaking, tribal markings, headdresses, turbans, these are inappropriate Halloween costume attire. So it's because these are tied to specific ceremonies, religious meanings, um, and while it can be tempting to dress up as a child, as as, as a child, um, as say from Coco the Disney movie, because it would be so cute for an Instagram post, if the child has no Mexican or indigenous ancestry, that decision should be reconsidered, right? So Dia de los Muertos, which is what Coco kind of uh, discusses and and and, and represents, um, is a sacred ceremony, uh, and we should be respecting that uh, community. 
by not appropriating it without really understanding it. But even when we do understand it, I think the more that we understand it, the less that we would want to um, imitate Coco or wear a sugar skull costume. Um, Dia de los Muertos is an important holiday in Mexico um, and is used for a time of reflection, prayer, and honoring the deceased. Um, the same critical thinking should be applied to other popular Disney characters like Pocahontas, Mulan, Moana. However, there's a fine line between appropriation and appreciation, which we talked about, um, teaching kids the difference between those concepts as early as possible will benefit them in the future. Um, perhaps the most valuable lesson that you can teach them within one culture, there can be conflicting opinions about what's considered appropriative versus appreciative. So, um, interestingly, most of the, uh, Polynesian, uh, people that exist in the group that, that we run, um, have said that they don't find it a problem for children to dress up as Moana, as long as there isn't any skin darkening, or as Maui, as long as there is no skin darkening and no, um, no tattoos, right? Because the tattoos are culturally significant, um, as Maui sings in, in the Moana movie. Um, but also Moana is not a person, not a real life historical figure or anything like this. And so, um, it's not as, I don't know, damaging maybe as long as you're doing it in a sensitive way. Um, some people think that dressing up as Moana, um, is, uh, a positive representation of Pacific Islanders and uh, the wayfinding history, but also because she prefer- she portrays positive af- attributes of brave- bravery, curiosity, strength, creativity, and love, compassion, grace. Um, and those are traits that we'd like all of our children to have. And, uh, and so I think that that's what comes from that. Um, but again, it's a personal thing. So like no culture is a monolith, right? And I think that we have to do our, uh, we have to use our best judgment um, about the things that we learn and the things that people say and weigh those up with how we, how we personally feel. As long as we're not making fun of the Pacific Islander Polynesian culture, um, I think that this is fine. As long as we're not participating in blackface, you know, all of these sorts of things, you, you know, use your best judgment. Um, It's important for us to uh, do our due diligence to understand what's harmful. So we can do better at understanding what costumes are offensive and appropriating from various cultures. Um, We can use Google. It's important for us as the adults in the situation to figure out what the history, what the historical significance might be. Google's a great place to start. If you have friends inside the culture that you can ask questions of, do that, but then buy them a coffee or pay them for their time, right? Because this is labor for them. Um, Halloween is a magical time where we get to be somebody that we're not. Um, It doesn't, however, give us a license to cause harm to anybody. Um, And the key here is to be mindful and show respect for the source of the culture and the community. Um, remember that when we are dressing up for Halloween, when we're dressing our kids up for Halloween, that when we're taking parts of cultures that belong to maligned and marginalized groups, that on November 1st, you get to take that costume off 
on a November 1st, those people are still part of that marginalized and maligned group. They don't get to take it off. They don't get to dress it up. Um, and these systemic and economic issues are super real for those people. So it's really important that we also are using caution with historical figures. Um, it's This is where education becomes really important. Many historical figures represent an area during which oppression was common, so it's important to know the history behind these historical figures before we dress up like them. When, uh, like for instance, earlier on, I was searching for, uh, for costumes that I could uh, kind of, um, I don't know, speak about here um and you know things like Winston Churchill and Ben Franklin and George Washington a cowboy a gangster a pilgrim all of these are less appropriate are less appropriate than others for instance I would not want my child to imitate Winston Churchill for instance it's important for um for us to consider that if we can separate the real person from the marginalized culture um then we might be able to dress up like that. So instead of dressing your child up as, say, Frida Kahlo, um, assuming that they don't have any Mexican heritage, encourage them to dress up as a nondescript painter and then engage in a history lesson about Frida and her life before they go trick-or-treating. So it's it's our job as parents to to pass on the education to our children, right? Halloween is a fun holiday, right? We get to go trick-or-treating and knock on doors and get lots of candy and eat it and get cavities and do all the things, right? Really fun. But I do think that we should be using holidays as a way to educate our children, educate ourselves as well, because I don't think that most of us, I mean, I'm 34, I don't think that most of us in, in my kind of age range were ever taught about some of the, um, problematic behavior of some of the people that people dress up as all the time choose costumes that are not tied to one culture or heritage um you maybe can dress up as an athlete or a musician or a public figure that's not directly tied to one culture or heritage and when in doubt avoid the costume in a bag route many of these have blatantly appropriative and even worse do not support or give back to the host culture so one of the things that is is really problematic about Halloween generally is the amount of plastic waste that happens anyway, um, which is this is a little tangent on the, the plastics that end up in the ocean. And for one day, there's so many people who are buying these uh, ready-made costumes to, I don't know, to make it easier, I guess, on their... Uh, not having to think that much about this holiday and dressing their kids up. And so I think it's important for us to work to engage in a history lesson before trick-or-treating. So I don't know about you, but I'm 34 and many of the people that I went to school with, we would have never had any history lessons on um, Halloween or leading up to Halloween or anything like that. And I think this is where we can make a huge change in the kind of lives um, of our children. You know, it's possible for us to dress up instead as uh, costumes that aren't tied to um, one culture or or heritage. So you might find safe bets as dressing up as an athlete, a musician, a public figure that's not directly tied to one culture or heritage. And when in doubt, um, I recommend avoiding the kind of costume in a bag route because um, 
they when they do it not so well um it's blatantly appropriative and it doesn't support or give back to the culture right so I mean, I have like my own personal uh, feelings about kind of Halloween and, and costumes in a bag anyway, because they're usually loaded with plastic and it's bad for the environment. And so much of this holiday is based on uh, one time wear, right? Um, and so maybe it's something that we try to interpret the values and characteristics that we admire about the person that we're trying to dress up with dress up as um courage freedom determination creativity and do that in our own way by creating a kind of do-it-yourself uh costume where we can let our imaginations run free give it a personal touch and then we might even be able to reuse um the clothing right for other things and create kind of um a better environment climate justice you know, <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, and so it might be better to buy an authentic piece of clothing or an accessory created by a designer from the source within the community um, or an approved collaboration, which is encouraging a genuine expression and representation of their culture, but it's also allowing us to get more use out of that item, right? So when you buy a costume in a bag, like you're probably going to get one wear out of it and then it's going to end up in the trash. That means it's going to end up on a landfill somewhere or in the ocean or whatever. And the statistics on um, how much plastic is put into the environment just for Halloween is really astounding. Um, and so I think it's really important that we consider how we can improve the Halloween experience as parents for our children, um, but also how we can encourage um more education, um, more understanding, more cultural exchange with people who are different to us. Like, it's really important that we have these conversations. Conversations are the basis of everything. Ideas come from conversations. We come from conversations. Our lives come from conversations. Changes come from conversations. And so, um, if you can't, if you take anything away from this conversation today, um, this this podcast today is conversations and like can't can't stop me from saying it you know um it's our opportunity to um engage in more conversations with people learn more about people and their motivations their beliefs their cultures their practices and that's so important for uh the continuation of our understanding of people as well. Well, thank you so much for joining me today um, for this conversation around cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. We touched on a lot of things around cultural exchange and I even talked a little bit about parenthood and how to navigate um, Halloween when we take into consideration some of these topics. Um, and, you know, I know that this wasn't for everyone, but I thought it was a good opportunity ahead of Halloween to really talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's been um, amazing to have this conversation and, and start opening our minds to something new.
I've been Shannon, and this has been Running Through Rivers, a podcast for us to sit and talk about everything and anything that has to do with diversity, inclusion, belonging. Um, And I have a special announcement that I will be speaking at an event in Norwich uh, on the 1st of November um, with SRCCIC by the Norfolk Women's Marketing Network, CIC, uh, a partnership for us to really explore how to pull the communications um, out of themed months, um, how to work as as uh, collaboratively as possible to uh, to make this authentic and not seem tokenistic when we kind of work to pull things out of themed months. Um, and we're really exploring how we move beyond Black History Month. Uh, and I will be joined by Josh Rivers of Busy Being Black, Stephen Balmer Walters um, of Ask Stephen, a business consultancy, and um, Lou Chu of a fellow uh, diversity and inclusion practice. And I think the conversation is going to be amazing. Um, Please do join us. Head to the Eventbrite link in the comments if you're local to Norwich and want to join us for this panel talk. We would love to have you. And we will see you next time. Take care.